Hi, this is The Gathering Church in Windsor, Ontario, and I'm Pastor Garth Lino. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for coming to The Gathering this morning. I said to one lady, did you have any idea what God had in store for you when you came to our church this morning? She said, no. But if I get any more blessing, I'm going to explode. (laughs) That's about how I feel this morning. God is good and faithful. It's universally agreed that the passage we're going to study today is one of the greatest theological sections in all of Scripture. In the ten verses that we're covering in Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 21, Paul summarizes the, the, the preceding chapters in the book of Romans, which are about the lostness of mankind and the rescue that God offers to us by grace through Jesus Christ. It's commonly agreed among commentators and New Testament scholars that this passage of Scripture is one, uh, is one of the most difficult in all of the book of Romans, if not the entire New Testament. In this respect, one New Testament scholar says, Paul's thoughts leap forth here like a torrential mountain stream. They rush on with such force that they don't always come to carefully formed expression. You'll see that in a moment as we read it. It's like he starts down one trail of thought and mid-sentence switches to another. It's not always easy to follow, but we're going to give it our best shot. To, to help us understand how this entire chapter fits together, let's quickly review where we've been the last three weeks. We made a joyous discovery. We discovered that, that we are made right in the sight of God by placing our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and by His grace, God saves us. We've been justified by faith, and now we, we have peace with God, and that takes care of the past. And we, we have access into this grace in which we now stand, and that takes care of the present. And we also have hope in the glory of God, and that takes care of the future. And then Paul, remember, described that sort of circular life experience where he says that suffering produces endurance, and endurance yields character, and and then character hatches hope. And we, we talked about how one feeds the other, and the Lord is continuing to transform us and change us, sanctify us, to create in us the image of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, molding us and shaping us for His glory and for our good. And then last week in verses 6 through 11, the Apostle Paul continued to build his case for rejoicing and boasting in our suffering. He declared that Jesus died to show us the love of God, and Jesus died to save us from the wrath of God. Jesus died to reconcile us to God Himself so that we can have an open, meaningful, purposeful, life-changing relationship with the God who created everything. And therefore, Paul begins this next section with the word therefore, and in doing so ties what he's about to say to what he's just said. 
And I've taken time again this morning just to, to, to try and show you how, how wonderfully this, this passage fits together. How, how beautifully, uh, how beautifully, that, can we turn this monitor down? It's way too loud. Um, how beautifully this passage fits together. Uh, how perfectly each part fits into the whole and how seamlessly this entire chapter flows together and fits into the book of Romans. And how all of Scripture, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is meant for us and for our good. Have you seen that the last few weeks in Romans? fits together beautifully. Okay, so now Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned, and this is one of those places where he just sort of leaves off the sentence, to be sure sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as Adam did, who is a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if, by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, Just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. So he's constantly comparing Adam, who represents the old man, with Christ, who represents new life. The law, verse 20, was brought in so that the trespass might increase. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Woo! A torrential mountain stream indeed. Like trying to take a sip of water at the base of Niagara Falls. (laughs) Nearly impossible. But we've given it our best shot. And part of my job, part of my role, part of my ministry uh, as your pastor is is to try and take passages, every passage from the Word of God and explain it carefully and simply so that you can actually grab hold of it and and use it in your life. uh, Albert Einstein once said, we should make things as simple as possible, but not more simple than they are. So let's begin to examine this 
complex passage and try to mine out the truth of God for us today. First of all, we're exposed to the ruin of mankind. And Paul deals with that in verses 12 through 14, the ruin of mankind. Verse 12 describes the ruin of the human race in just, 12, in just 25 words. Verse 12, 25 words describes very well the ruin of the human race. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. So the ruin, obviously, that Paul describes here is the fall of Adam as it's recorded way back in Genesis chapter 3. Just a little bit before that, in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 17, God gave Adam and Eve a prohibition. He said, you you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. I mean, knock yourselves out and eat from every other tree in the garden, and and the animals and the fish and the sea, they're they're all yours. I'm just giving you one restriction, just one. Don't eat from this tree. Guess what? They ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They sinned against God. And the result, Paul tells us, is that sin came into the world and spread to everyone through Adam, who now is the representative of the the human race. And so death spread to all people through Adam and Eve because all sinned in Adam. And from this point in history, every human being ever born was born into sin with a sinful human nature. Now, in a few weeks, when my daughter-in-law gives birth to grandbaby number three, I'm going to find myself in the hospital going, she's so perfect. Except for one thing. She's a sinful little critter. (laughs) She got the sin nature in her right right from now. You know, right from the time of conception. She's not perfect. And she's not innocent. She needs to be gospeled just like everybody else. And it will be my great joy in the, in the days ahead, in the years ahead, to gospel her every chance I get. We love to hold on to our sin, don't we? I mean, the, the fun stuff, the, the, the stuff that we, you know, we like to hold on to certain things that hold us back from God. Read about a 12-year-old girl in New York City who is being hailed as a, a very brave young woman in, in, in light of an, what happened one day at school. She got into an argument with a male classmate that almost turned violent. The dispute? The boy asked her for one of her McDonald's chicken nuggets, and she refused. No siree, you're getting none of my chicken nuggets. So the police report says that after being denied once, the boy followed her into a nearby subway station, pulled a gun and pointed it at her head. Did I mention they were 12 years old? 12 years old. Incredibly, reports say the girl slapped the gun away, told the boy to stop bothering her, and went about her day. That's one tough chick. The boy was later... Uh, arrested, by the way. But she was not going to let go of her chicken McNuggets. No siree. Hanging on for dear life. 
Those are my nuggets. You go get your own. And you see, the ruin of mankind, it, 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 it's so complete and it's so thorough that we, we continue to hold on tight to the things we think will make us happy even if we're sinning against God. And it keeps us from God. I'm, you're not getting my whatever. It comp- and that just describes the ruin of the human race. That attitude right there. But wait, it's not the end of the story, thanks be to God. Let's move on to talk about the rescue. The rescue of mankind. Verses 15 through 17 tell us that the work of the second Adam, Jesus, is far greater than the work of the first Adam. Verse 15 tells us that the sin of Adam brought death, but the grace of God brings life. Paul says in verse 15, The gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, Adam... How much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? See, the grace of God brings life. And then verse 16 tells us that Christ's work is far more powerful than the work of Adam. Nor can the gift, verse 16, nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. So you see, Christ's work is far more powerful than the work of Adam. Adam's one transgression brought death, but Jesus' one death brought forgiveness and, 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 and justification and eternal life for millions. Clearly, Jesus' work is far superior. Then on to verse 17 which emphasizes that Christ's work is far more efficacious, far more um, efficacious, effective. It's far more effective than the work of Adam. Verse 17, For if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more, I love it when he says that, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? And this is where he gets up from his desk, puts his quill pen down, and does a little woohoo, woohoo, woohoo. Praise God for Jesus. So Jesus gives us far more than we lost in Adam. The blessing that comes from Jesus is infinitely greater and infinitely more than the curse brought by Adam. Nearly three years ago now, a passenger ferry in Seoul, Korea, capsized, killing hundreds. Remember the story? Most of the passengers were high school students who were obediently waiting for instructions from the captain to abandon ship. But the captain himself had fled the sinking ferry, and he was now on dry land looking out for his own skin, looking out for number one. The teacher who had organized the trip took his own life. The prime minister of South Korea offered to resign over the incident. But the captain of the ship, he's looking out for himself. He saved himself first. In stark contrast, Jesus put us first. And he 
joyfully went to the cross and laid down his own life so that we could be rescued, so that we could be saved, so that we could enjoy the gift of eternal life. So the sacrifice of the one is far greater. And in verses 18 and 19, Paul summarizes the the greatness of our rescue when he says, Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act, Jesus going to the cross, resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. So on the one hand, we see the the greatness of our ruin through Adam's solidarity. But on the other hand, we see in Christ, in our Christ solidarity, all the glory and wonder of God's grace poured out upon us. But if we're in Christ, our Christ solidarity far exceeds our ruin and leads to our rescue. And Paul makes that point with such profound wisdom. And all of this, the the rescue of Jesus Christ through his death on the cross, ultimately means that we also get to reign in life with Christ. Tell me then why we walk around as if we are the defeated ones. As if we work for the other guy. We reign in life with Christ. Verses 20 and 21. He says, The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. You see, the law of God, the Old Testament law, was not eternal. The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. But where sin increased, grace did what? Increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Grace was not some late addition in the plan of God. It wasn't like, you know, he, he rolled out the Old Testament law and ruled everything from the perspective of Old Testament law. And one day he woke up and said, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll switch now from law to grace. No, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. Grace was part of God's plan from the very beginning. God dealt with Adam and Eve in grace. God dealt with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in grace. God dealt with the nation of Israel in grace. God deals with the gathering and you and me and our families in grace. He gave the law not to replace grace, but rather to reveal man's need for grace. And the law does that very well. Thou shalt not commit, and you fill in the blank. And all of us, as soon as you read that, you go, oh, man. I'm just so convicted. That's what the law was meant to do. The law was meant to, 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 to magnify man's need for grace. 
The law was temporary. Grace is eternal. The law served to increase man's sin, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more. And, and, and in, the, in this passage, the, the, the term that Paul uses here for, that's, that's translated, the words that are translated, increased all the more, are very difficult to translate with English words. It's just one of those, you know, something that's lost in translation. Those of you who speak uh, Romanian or, or Chinese or Vietnamese, there are expressions in your language, or Italian, of course, the language of heaven. Uh, <laughs> if you speak that... <laughs> Yes, uh, you can give an extra offering at the end of the service. Uh, you know that there are expressions in your language that are just really hard to get into English. There's not a really good equivalent. And here's, here's, a, here's a situation where there's not a great equivalency, increased all the more, scarcely translatable in English words. Super increased is a possibility. Super abounding might be another one. But the idea is, is this, this, this grace is overflowing. It's brimming over. It's spilling out. You can't contain it. Grace is always more abundant than sin. Always. And that's the idea he's trying to get across. So yes, we get defeated. And yes, we get discouraged. And yes, we get down. And yes, we get burdened. But God's provision of grace is so much greater than that. When are we going to wake up and understand that and start to walk in that truth? The grace of God is so much greater, so much better, so much gooder. (laughs) When I was a student in Chicago many years ago, the Pacific Garden Mission, which is a rescue mission in the South Loop downtown district of of Chicago, they got a hold of my story and, um, and turned it into a radio drama for a program that they've been airing for like a thousand years called Unshackled. I, I think Unshackled is still on the radio. Um, but they, they would turn people's testimonies, their salvation stories, into radio dramas and air them. So Patty and I had the privilege of sitting on the front row in the studio the day that they put my story into a radio drama. It was emotional, to say the least. And then it was aired on hundreds and hundreds of, of radio stations all across the United States. Many, many years ago, another alcoholic by the name of Mel Trotter, stumbled into the Pacific Garden Mission, same place, and he found Christ. Earlier that day, Mel had gotten drunk. He drank a fifth of whiskey, which he bought with the shoes that he sold, the shoes that he had stolen from his dead daughter's feet as she lay in her coffin. So wondrous was the effect of God's abounding grace, super increased grace in Mel's life. Eight years later, he was ordained into the gospel ministry. And in the years that followed, God used Mel Trotter to start over 65 rescue missions coast to coast. Where sin increased, Grace increased all the more. 
And if he does that in Mel's life and Patty's life and Cindy's life and Jeremy's life, he can do it in yours too. In the words of an old hymn, marvelous, marvelous grace of our loving Lord. Grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt. Yonder on Calvary's mount outpoured, there where the blood of the Lamb was shed. Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that is greater, far greater than all of our sin. Amen? No matter how great your sin, no matter how deep, no matter how excessive, no matter how terrible your sin, God's grace is greater still than all of our sin. Thank you, Jesus. His grace is lavished upon us, and nobody is beyond the grace of God. Nobody is beyond the grace of God. There isn't a scallywag on earth who's beyond the grace of God. Let's pray together.